Hello, uh, Matt. Good to see you again. Uh, my name is Robert Boyd, as as you know, uh, and I'm the CEO of uh, Endurance Gold, and I'm talking to you from the PDAC here in Toronto. And we're having a, a busy conference. I haven't heard the numbers, but it looks like it's over 20,000. Uh, uh, the numbers probably don't come out till today sometime, but we've had, uh, at our booth, we've had a, uh, some steady traffic. We only have the two-day booth, and then I've been uh, quite involved with one-on-one -on -one sessions right now. But we've got a great, great story, uh, uh, and I just want to provide you an update. We've got this good, great gold discovery just for our summer drive north of Vancouver in this historic mining camp at Braylorn, and We've drilled 60 drill holes now, and uh, of those diamond drill holes, 70% uh, of them have got very good intersections uh, in excess of 3-meter widths uh, in what we consider 10-gram-meter type intersections, which is a pretty good hit ratio, and uh, 11 of those holes have, have, have very good intersections, sort of between 63 and 400-gram-meter, uh, but uh, that includes pretty significant widths. Uh, uh, Drill hole intersections like 15 grams over over 24.8 uh, meters, and uh, one of our more recent holes it's not a true width, but about 139 meters of three grams uh, is probably more like a 15 or or 30 meter true width. But uh, uh, so we're into a pretty dynamic and strong gold system, and uh, the average depth of all of our intersect diamond drill intersections to date is uh, is below 70 meters below surface. So we're we're literally uh, just uh, tapping into the system near, near surface, and it's an orogenic gold system. Uh, so it's got all the potential to continue significantly at depth, and it's a high-level uh, system. So it looks totally different than Braylorn, only 10 kilometers away from Braylorn, which is a crack and seal high-grade vein. We're into wide breaches se sequences that look like, uh, well, the one structure in particular we've uh, uh, blocked out looks like it averages about nine meters true true width uh, over a significant strike length about 550 meter strike length and uh, that's the zone we see open at depth and we got to continue to do that work and we're stepping into a program this coming year uh, that's we hope to be uh, like 10 to 15,000 meters is what we're planning on and that program would start with a single rig and then hopefully uh, uh, transition into two rigs and dedicate one of those rigs uh, at least one of those rigs, possibly more, uh, to chasing these systems at depth and, and really open it up uh, over and above what we've got near surface. Well, Robert, like, th thanks very much for the kind of quick, quick overview there. Like, we haven't seen you since July, and uh, I'm glad to pick, um, catch up with you here um, at PDAC. Um, now, when we saw you last, last July, your share price was doing what others couldn't, which was kind of like ma maintaining a sort of you know, st steady um, state. Um, yeah, in terms of um, it wasn't it wasn't a kind of ski run like most most, most precious metals. Now, I'm I'm kind of intrigued as to how you kind of read the market because your share price has come off um this year, okay? But yes, it's it's come off in the context and the backdrop of you hitting these super super you know high, high numbers. You, you talk about 135 meters of you know 3.6 uh, grams, really really nice. You see super high grades, but people aren't giving you credit for that. So. What are the conversations at PDAC like? What are people saying to you? Have you got a sense of you know why this this fall off on the on the share price? Well, it's a, a good question. You know, sometimes you can never really know these uh, the, the answers to these questions. Uh, we've got a pretty loyal shareholder base. Uh, we're a tightly held company. Three of us as insiders own about fifty five percent of the company, so our trading float is pretty tight. Uh, we do have a, a couple of institutional. 
uh, shareholders in there, but we don't have a big institutional base. It's a lot of uh, private, uh, I would say, family-type fund money, and uh, and uh, our our local technical community in in Vancouver. So I've uh, nobody's told me why it is that we're selling, but we go, we've gone down a little bit over the last month. But I I think we've picked up off our bottom uh, yesterday, and I, I'm not sure what we're going to be. Uh, I guess the market isn't even open yet, but uh, uh, we picked up on 300,000 shares and. We look like we've uh, got through whatever it is and whoever it was that was selling a bit to, to take us down. Uh, so we are in a quiet period. I mean, you're in our business, when you're in the exploration business, you're only as good as your last hole sometimes. And uh, and so we uh, we just have to say, look, keep the faith, folks. We're onto a good system here, and we're just going to continue to build it and work it. Well, you, well, you're definitely doing that. You, you, you're definitely knocking it out of the park with with the, with the numbers. And I think most people would be jealous of the sort of numbers that you've been able to put at. But um, you know, it need, all of it needs to kind of work, right? So, fifty-three directors owning fifty-five percent of the company—that's kind of interesting. I couldn't work out last time whether that was um, a, a, a good thing or a bad thing with the institutional shareholders in there as well. In terms of you know how liquid um, the stock is. Um, do you, do you feel that you need to do more on the on the corporate side this year to kind of uh, allow you know the company kind of I guess benefit from a bit more trading from a few more um, shareholders? I and mean, what are you doing on that side of things? Well, I I, I guess we can always do better. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm a I'm an explorationist. Uh, I I know I'm good good at that, uh, and uh, so we just have to continue to focus at uh, at. Uh, uh, trying to do a better job and 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 providing a support support for people that want to trade our trade our stock and uh, 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 you, you know in, in in some ways uh, having long term shareholders is good but uh, it it also creates um, uh, sensitivity if if you've got a short a small trading float despite our issue outstanding our probably trading floats more like about thirty million and so we are sensitive to to that kind of uh, uh, activity. And I guess as we grow and we finance and and distribute uh, uh, shares um, in in financings and stuff like that, we'll create the uh, broader shareholder base and increase that liquidity. Right. Okay. And obviously, since we last saw you, you, you did raise a little bit of money. Um, can I um, keep things uh, moving? That was shortly after that, was back in October. Um, any plans to raise any capital? Anytime soon? We're not marketing at the present time. We we ended up the year with about four million in in mark in working capital. It, it it doesn't show on any of our public financings yet, but we closed the two million financing uh, late in the year. We also had the exercise of uh, everybody but one person exercised in our twenty five cent warrants that expired late last year. Uh, then uh, we also had a, another six hundred thousand or so come in on tax tax credit tax credit rebates and our. Uh, uh, incentive programs that we uh, tap into here with the BC government, uh, and so we're actually sitting on a pretty good uh, uh, working capital that uh, allows us to move forward and start with a drilling program. And we we uh, uh, once I think once we we're back up and drilling, then uh, the potential return to to our stock, and and uh, we are definitely getting a lot of interest and uh, surprise in in terms of our success ratio. Well, where we found it, I mean, we found it in a camp that people have been whacking around in the bush and in that area since the 1860s, but they were looking for veins. And uh, these are breccia systems, and uh, 
Uh, when they weather, they just weather as mucky orange stuff on surface, and uh, they were overlooked. Right. Okay. And I, and I do want to get on to um, the, the, the the drilling and the exploration components, and, and I just but I want, want to kind of try and understand and get the makeup of it because when we spoke last um, July, we talked about the business plan where you came from in terms of prospector. You know, exploration. You've also, you know, you've sold off um, a, a couple of assets, rattle state and um, GFG and uh, the Pardo um, project, Inventus Mining, etc. So you, you've been kind of um, good cur- curators of the portfolio and you know monetizing when you needed to. So for you, given the the results recently, um, have you decided to kind of get get focused on specific parts of the por- portfolio? Um, to kind of see if you can kind of generate that kind of that growth story, um, or will you need to offload some of the portfolio as you have done historically? Well, we we do have other two other good assets that we own 100 percent of Bandito, Rare Earth, Niobium, and in the present uh, market, we we have to look at how do we how do we monetize that and and deliver good value for shareholders. So we're sort of looking at our strategic alternatives for that project right now. We also have another good 100 percent own reduced intrusive hosted uh large tonnage low grade type target uh, in Alaska uh from in the in the Tintina gold belt and we're really really pleased with that project but it's idling now uh we're keeping our eyes firmly on reliance uh we see the ability to deliver a major discovery here uh and it's we think uh, advancing the reliance is is the most critical thing for our shareholders including ourselves who are well vested in this it's a good use of money. We can deliver low-cost discovery ounces and in a camp that uh, uh, has a lot of alternatives. We're only five kilometers from a hydropower facility. So all of these kind of things, road access and everything, just say, look, we've got a discovery uh, here. Let's focus our eye and keep our eyes on that. We have no interest in flipping it out or selling it uh, at the present time. We think the best value for our shareholders is to turn this into a significant resource. Right, okay, so Roland's Gold um, taking precedent over the Bandito Rares Niobium project, um, which is, I guess in moments like this, must be a kind of difficult, protracted conversation in the sense that, um, you know, some of the people coming out of the, of, of, of BMO, some of the people coming out of Mines of Money down in Miami, I felt that, you know, certainly on the precious metal side, felt that they're being overlooked um, in preference to the... In, in preference by the um, um, you know electric vehicle the the, the green the green metals as it were the the the, co- the coppers and graphites and nickels etc and perhaps gold was sort of having to take a back seat at the moment which as it has done for eighteen months but rare earths too kind of you know um, you know full, you know goes into that kind of kind of critical minerals uh, interest at the moment so do, do you not feel that the kind of Bandita project has some legs and, and deserves some capital thrown at it. Yeah, it does. And uh, I, uh, but I think if we we if we look at throwing some capital at it, we, I think we'd prefer to do it in a separate corporate structure or 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 bringing in uh, uh, bringing in a partner that has the access to value add because that's what definitely and still remains one of the key issues. If you get a product in the rare earth, uh, especially in these peralkaline cyanide systems, uh, if you get a product, you you got to figure out a way to actually uh, a mining product. You got to turn it into a marketable product, and uh, it would be beneficial to us to to build a, uh, a bridge and finance it in the context of someone that can deliver on that side. And people forget too that uh, our Reliance project 
has uh, an antimony component with it, and antimony is one of the critical metals. Uh, I mean, eighty-five uh, percent of antimony is comes from Russia and China uh, at the present time, and it's a real strategic uh, mineral uh, in in a lot of uses uh, throughout the economy. So part of our effort too in looking at uh, the Reliance Project is to say what what can we do? Is there something we can do to extract a uh, an antimony type product or an antimony gold product separate uh, from the focus of the real rock value, which is in gold. Right. Okay. So we, we, uh, I think you've been quite clear about saying, okay, you're good at exploration. You're, 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 you're heading good grades, and you, and you're focused, and you've been, you know, careful to, you know, sell a process the portfolio and so reduce the kind of dilutive components um, for prospectors and, and, and explorer that that you have that you are. Um, what does this year look like? Because, as I say, you know, sitting around sort of 30, 30, 35 to 40 million bucks at, at the moment, it's a kind of interesting um, stage of growth for the for the company. Um, but you're going to need to, you know, point to or, you know, create a narrative around well, how does this company get valued in, into the future? You've got some money at the moment. Um, what do you do with it? Well, I, I think the we're going to put it in the ground. Uh, I, I We want to uh, turn that into more uh, uh, more ounces uh, uh, on the Reliance project and uh, and uh, uh, and we feel that the um, you know the the idea of diluting shareholders and and funding through equity at the present time is really de- delivering value and uh, I mean our goal here is to is just turn reliance into a multi-million ounce gold system uh, we haven't achieved that yet but we uh, I think with the penetration ratio the volume, that you can see with what we've got based on our shallow hits uh, today, uh, we're we're well on our way to demonstrating the potential for a for a very large gold system here. Right, but it's going to require lots more meters. You've d- you've done about w- w- well, how many meters have we, have we done so far? Sort of, uh, we've roughly. done about twelve thousand meters of diamond drilling, uh, and right. uh, uh, then about four thousand meters of RC, which was mostly shallower holes. Uh, but we focus uh, in terms of the diamond drilling. It's twelve thousand meters in two programs, only sixty holes, right? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Something like this is not, you know, still early days. So, but so how do you? But given what you saw last year, and given what you're seeing, quite frankly, for the last two years in the precious metal spaces, how, how do you, how do you play this? Because we've seen different strategies being employed, and companies, you know, changing strategies. Quite quite frankly, trying to work out what's going to engender some kind of response from the marketplace. Do you just keep drilling? meters and you know hitting these high grade things do you put some kind of resource together do, you know do do you know do you bring partners in so what what's your view on it do you still feel in control of this thing uh well i think at the present time uh our our objective is to add value um by uh, uh spending uh funds on the project ourselves uh, but there there comes a time uh where you have to continue to as the program grows and the project grows, you have to continue to look at what's best uh, and what makes most sense for shareholders in terms of dilution versus uh, 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 other alternatives. So, uh, so I, I think um, we just have to make that decision annually. At the present time, uh, our, we feel the best for our shareholders is to is to put money in the ground and and grow this system and try to at least break the million ounce potential on this, and then. Once we do that, then we, uh, then then we'll step back and decide. Well, you know, now we should perhaps, uh, 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 um, in 2024, or so uh, try to deliver a resource of some kind for shareholders to demonstrate where we are. Okay, our focus here is to grow the system, right right now. 
Okay, and and for, for, for you, for you, Robert, um, what will a successful PDAC look like when you when you sort of look back in a week's time at PDAC? You say, what would you wanted to have seen, or what conversations will you wanted to have had, um, and why is that good for shareholders? Well, we've we've been in a quiet news period since our last uh, drill results, and so uh, it, it's really a, a conference like this, and all these conferences help to raise awareness, and people go, "Wow, I didn't know uh, you were on to this kind of thing," and uh, and this looks really encouraging, and and so it's important for us to raise awareness both with with our peers and with the capital markets uh, uh, in terms of what we're doing. So that, that that's what these conferences really do for you. So. Okay. Well, look, look, Rob. I know you're, you're busy. You got you got a stack, you got a stack of one to one sessions lined up as as, as well. We you, you kind of slotted us in very kindly. So I'm going to let you go. I um, hope to see you um, soon. Maybe we can dig into the weeds with regards to the the detail around some of the the drill results that you're you're um, you're really finding the gold at the moment. And uh, hope those answers keep coming. Great. Well, thanks very much, Matt, and uh, we'll stay in touch.